0: Log talk radio that's <laughs> why Okay. And touch your five again Miracles will happen as you drew okay.
1: That's more green, green, green. Hello, I'd like to welcome everybody to Live Time with Jerry and Blog Talk Radio. Tonight is our paranormal roundtable discussion. We have one more person coming on. We're waiting for Ronnie Anderson. Figure he's late. Maybe he's having some technical difficulties. But for now, I have on Dennis Eslock. Savage Paranormal, John Savage. Let's get savage and Joshua Ford from PSI Paranormal. How are y'all doing? <laughs> Hello. <Okay.
2: laughs> I'm vertical and breathing.
1: <laughs> well, that works.
2: Step in the right direction.
1: Long as <laughs> you're me
2: around, going, "Can you talk to the little red light?" <laughs> <laughs> I promise tonight we'll try to keep it professional.
1: Yes, please Sample. keep it professional keep it professional it keeps me off of other shows because you're not professional enough nobody wants me anymore for that professional dennis.
3: Work,
1: dennis yeah that works as long as y'all do it that's all that matters i'm to be mature
2: <laughs> i to be mature let alone professional get the hell
1: out of here with that <laughs> yeah I, know. I was a little bit shocked when i saw that we're looking just for professional people and i'm going huh Okay, guess we're chopped liver.
2: Wait, professional paranormal investigators or professional? Professional
1: what? people to have a professional roundtable discussion, professionals only. That excludes the three of you and me.
2: Wait, is there actually going to be a fucking
1: roundtable? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you have with that one <laughs> Apple.
3: And, and who was saying this?
1: It, it was it was something that I saw on Facebook. It was a request from a show, and I'm going. I, I thought my show was pretty professional. I, I did.
2: Have you listened to us? Hmm. Just you did. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody
1: <laughs> else counts.
2: Everybody else keeps it fairly professional, and me, I'm out here going. I oh, don't give a fuck. <laughs>
1: He doesn't, he doesn't just do a fuck, he don't get two fucks, three fucks, or four fucks.
2: <laughs> Behold, the field eye fuck eye has grown. Notice it is barren and brown.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
2: Which, by the way, if, okay. if by chance my boy Brandon Johnson over at Haunted Nights Paranormal Events is listening, damn it, bro. So, Mr. Savage, I understand you have the latest, greatest paranormal toy that will absolve all mystery whether or not there
3: is a spirit present. Not only will it solve all of the big mystery it will also help you find what's in the red (laughs) circle.
1: I love that thing. That is so cool. Uh, Cool.
2: cool. If there's a spirit there that tickles John's balls, can you make it go really fast. I knew it.
3: I knew it. And this is why we can't be taken as professionals.
1: <laughs> yeah. i circle that in red. like John Sullivan.
2: Greetings, Mr. Sullivan.
3: Hello. Greetings. So how was the uh, turnout for Pamphlet? Well, it was pretty good. We had
2: right at 50 guests. Um, even though Mother Nature decided to piss on the entire parade. Yeah. Uh, we had to change some venues up and uh, stretch the rotation times from the first three rotations. Then Mother Nature eased up, and I had a bunch of diehards that still wanted to go check out the woods, even though it was drizzling on the last hour and a half yeah I had some pretty decent activity Um, Christian from Pandora's Peregrination was in the battlefield Center
1: and okay Ronnie
2: yeah mr. Anderson we're holding up waiting on you (laughs) like a dollar waiting on a dime for Christ's sakes (laughs) (laughs) but he flicked the cat ball away and it rolled right back to him no Yeah, you know, so that was kinda cool. Uh, had some pretty interesting EVPs captured. All the guest reporting's pretty cool activities, so <laughs> we had a good time.
1: Or oh, I said, don't wait.
2: And the good part is we were able to turn over a little over twenty five hundred dollars to the park. That's
4: the so
2: that's what it's all about. All told we're we're just above fourteen thousand dollars in the uh few years that we've been working with Pamela oh, and doing so their
1: cool. They really need that. Have they gotten back up to their capacities with school yet or anything?
2: That part, I'm not sure. Um, you know, COVID really kicked their ass mm. along with so many others. You know, all the school class trips that didn't happen. Um, you know, the employee count was from 19 down to 9. Yeah. Uh, you know, just COVID. Just, kick so uh, many locations to asses. Yeah. So anything that we can do to help, you know, next year, uh, I'm hoping to do a couple of events at Henricus Park again. You know, Crop started doing the public events at Henricus, and I want to get back to it. Yeah. I had several people ask me uh, while we were at Pamplin, when are we going back to Henricus? So I think I'm going to go rattle the chains and see what I can do. Greetings, Mr. Stevens. Nice to see you, brother. David uh, Flowers? My goodness, Mr. Flowers, our little world traveler. <laughs> but, yeah, so hopefully next year you'll catch, uh, which I already have two dates uh, for Pamplin Park next year. as I into the calendar, but the two that I have, At this point are March 2nd and September 21 so I've got March and September already set on the calendar for Pamplin even my team doesn't know that Uh, I just got the email yesterday from Amanda Jones down at Pamplin going hey we're looking at next year's schedule and here's two dates that we've got so far so snowball you know I love when they're able to uh, I love when they they contact you and go man we want to do some more events with you guys you did a great job you know we had a blast our staff had a good time Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that that just that makes me happy to have that connection with the location and the guests Mm -hmm. always are excited about what we do so Hopefully next year you'll see us at Henrikus Park for a couple of events. You'll see us definitely at Pamplin Park for a couple of events. Um, Watch for that logo right there. And when you see it, no, that's that one. (laughs) 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 This one right here. Oh, I'm Um, sorry. Researchers of the Paranormal. Does
1: that one in the back light up? Yes. I want
3: to see it. Jerry, you ever want
2: and this is how I always get in trouble. This is not very professional, Jerry. I
0: don't care.
2: <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble, and people are going to go, oh, my God, I can't believe they would have something like that on there. i got a half
1: Bart Simpson in the
2: back.
1: Oh, my God, it's so bright. Okay, yeah. Yeah, can you like... Oh, it- no, that's too bright.
2: they just super bright.
1: I see that. Where did you get that? I like that. I need one with a middle finger.
2: Oh. Um, they actually do have one with a middle finger, but yeah, it's, it's I like off. I like that.
1: That's so cool.
2: Imagine <laughs> that.
1: Non-professional. Go on.
2: Go on Amazon and look up LED neon. I that's am going no to. Hey, Angie.
1: I'm going to your
2: prayers for you sweetheart I hope everything continues to go well in your uh, medical issues but,
1: oh but well, yeah well, so well.
2: that one came from Amazon uh, like I said there is another one that has just a finger like that
1: uh, yeah I need that I almost bought car.
2: it and shipped it to you
1: yeah I need one for the back of my no. car that <laughs>
2: no, I I couldn't send it to you. The, uh, the restraining order says I'm not allowed to have your address. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Any day now. Wow. Oh, there you are. And there.
4: Like that finger?
1: Yeah.
2: Huh. Can you hear me? Yep. What? Where? God, you lean that extra three inches
0: forward.
2: (laughs) If you hadn't leaned that extra three inches forward to say, can you hear me, we would have never heard you. (laughs) Is that
4: a nice way of saying I got a big mouth? (laughs) What's your shirt say, one black guy?
2: No, uh this show is to be kept strictly professional. That's <laughs> Jerry's mandate. I don't know how the fuck I'm still on. <laughs> yeah, I've
4: witnessed a few of these before. <laughs>
1: oh. Not circled in red, I don't believe you. <laughs> hey, Alan May, how are you? of discussion for the evening,
4: Alan.
1: It's never
4: paranormal. It's <laughs> never paranormal. Every show I've ever
2: been on, there's never been anything paranormal <laughs> talked about. Well, I I think our behind the scenes start is a great way to go. Uh, <laughs> you know, we were talking about the. Um, like that and what if they are influenced from an outside uh, influence other than drugs what if a darker force influenced them I, I think that's a great way to look at it mm-hmm. and I'm going to share a story it's very personal it's very private um, hey Alan about eight years ago I got a DUI In the Commonwealth of Virginia, as soon as you get a DUI, you're automatically mandated to go to a program called VASAP, Virginia Alcohol Safety Awareness Program. Nine years, 10 months before that, I had another one, my first one. So you get two in 10, they automatically send you to outside counseling. You're an idiot, you didn't learn your lesson the first time. So I went to the outside counselor. those that know me Jerry can vouch for me I have abilities or gifts or whatever you want to call it
1: of course yeah
2: I attended six courses or six weeks with this outside counselor I've got very good rapport going with the um, therapist she's retired military US Army same as myself but at the sixth week After the class, I'm sitting in her office, and she's got a big uh, master's degree hanging on her wall. She has a doctorate hanging on the other wall, a bunch of books on psychiatry and psychology. And I looked at her, and I kind of had that shitty grin that I'm known for, and I said, so tell me, with all this education, what's your first thought on someone that says they can see, hear, and talk to others that people can't? And she's like, well, my, my first thought would be a psychosis, you know, probably schizophrenia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's like, what? Well, do you do you hear or or see others? <laughs> yeah. I said, by the way, I just want to tell you that your aunt's very happy and very proud that you got her black pearl necklace and you keep it on the dresser in the little brown wooden box and you talk to it often and tell her how much you miss her and so forth and her jaw hit the desk. And I said, also, she wants me to tell you that she's grateful that you went back and got your doctorate after you stopped in a master's and said, I'm not doing any more of this. She thinks it's wonderful and she's so proud of you opening your own practice and et cetera, et cetera. So if spirit can come to me and tell me things like that, what's to say spirit can't get a hold of somebody with a lower IQ, so to speak? um a mental deficiency mm-hmm. now let's take a perfect example the cabin on 360 the young boy that raped and murdered his half-sister in 1979 what's to say that a spirit cannot get in and mm-hmm. manipulate their thoughts
3: and cause them to do something bad i think it's possible mm-hmm. very i mean, witnessed it when i was working in the group hold with uh Lower function, I am uh, our adults, and the house is very haunted. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, one of them would sleep in the in his bed that was, room was haunted itself with the covers over his head. You know, one would talk about Mary Ann, who had a habit of turning on the gas stove and the faucets. And so, yeah, I, I think there is something to the, ability of those who are saying you know, schizophrenic, what have you they're not hearing voices that's them, they're actually hearing voices from the other side either mm-hmm. be spirit or ghost form at that location.
4: Wouldn't, wouldn't Wouldn't that be a type of possession?
2: Not necessarily I mean if I talk to you all the time and i tell you that the sky is green the grass is blue and i tell you that all the time and you have a lesser iq eventually you will start understanding that the sky is green the glass grass is blue but on the same token if i tell you all the time you need to take a butcher knife and kill that woman that makes you get dressed every day who's to say it won't happen I've got this opinion that
5: there that it, that there could be two possibilities really. One sure. would be possession. One would be if you're hearing these voices and they're telling you to do something negative. Over time, I think it creates like a psychosis
1: mm-hmm. uh,
5: situation where, like you said, you you just start believing that's what you're supposed to do. It's it's like grinding in,
1: hey Paul you know,
5: hey, Paul, the same the same message over and over and over, you start believing it. And I think there's cases where there's actual possessions. I mean, if physical mediums can do it,
0: Mm -hmm.
5: uh, you know, intentionally, I think it could be done unintentionally to anybody. And I'm not talking about demons possessing you. I'm talking about,
2: you know, general spirits just being able to do that sometimes. Oh, I agree. Yeah, and Stan Miles has a comment. It's possession of thought. Yeah, you know, and that's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. It's possession of thought. Anything that alters your mind. Now, let's take let's take this even a step further. The young man Randy that uh, did rape and murder his sister in the Brick Rancher claims that that morning he was on cocaine. So if on co- Pain, how much lessened are your rationale and then let's add in these dark thoughts that may be planted by something there of a dark nature I'm not saying demonic but just something of a dark nature you I have the perfect you, storm
5: I can mm-hmm. tell you from personal experience that um, drugs that alter your mental perception heighten your sense um, of reception yeah it, it's like in, you're you're not as inhibited like you're you're that's not the right word you're open-minded right yeah it, it opens you up to the other side uh, and that's from personal experience I, I I've had mediumship abilities since I was little and you know there was a time where I was doing a lot of uh, different drugs and stuff like that and it fixed during the times that I was using those substances. Well,
2: prime example, we had a New Year's Eve party at the cabin. I'm sitting back in the corner drinking my coffee. Um, I had team members, their kids, friends and their kids. I've got a TV going. We're watching Times Square and the, the, the news You're wrong. The TV I slowly started getting mad. Then I got madder and madder and madder. And then I had images flash through my head of just drawing my weapon and proceed to snap every last one of them. I knew something was wrong. I went next door to the brick rancher, threw the door open, slammed it against the wall, and yelled, "All right, motherfucker, we need to talk." And that house growled at me. Yep. So. you know, i I think there is something of a dark nature there. I think it could have played a role in it, and I think there are a lot more cases like that. But how crazy would the individual be if they if they get up in court after committing a heinous crime and go, I heard voices told me to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: it It's a defense that's been used many times, but I don't think it's ever been successful. It doesn't fly. Yeah. So Stan Miles has a good point. Narcissists do it all the time. It's not that much of a stretch to say that, say that spirits can do it also.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And Alan's comment is, you often lower your guard when you're under the influence of drugs or alcohol. He's exactly right. Right. Um, you know, back when I did drink, which many of you saw the Drunk Dennis, uh, I mean, it's been seven plus years since I drank at all. But many of you saw me. At that point in my life, and that was when I was there is, that's your inhibitions are that's why you see so many locations that tell you no alcohol on premises because they know what can happen. Mm-hmm. The inhibitions are lowered, the guard is lowered you can't protect yourself, and crazy shit can happen not along with not only is your balance and things like that off yeah, but also all your own yeah your own thought process is a little jacked up you'll do stupid shit that you normally wouldn't yeah then you add in the potential that spirits going to push you to do other things well that was that was like we were talking about
5: before the show started uh, my dear friend she she has like I was telling you she has a master's in psychology she's going for a PhD Um, And she studies schizophrenia, like that's her specialty uh, that she, because of uh, personal uh, stuff in her own life. And that was one of the things that we talk about a lot is I think that there's a, I think obviously there is schizophrenia where it's just, it's a mental illness, but I think there's probably a, a higher percentage than we would like to believe that are actually hearing those voices from the other side.
1: Yeah, but how do they determine that, I wonder? Well,
2: so the latter portion of my conversation with the counselor that I was at when I told her about her aunt's pearls, while I'm sitting there, this young boy, probably 12 or so, presented himself to me in the corner of her office. And as I'm hearing his, he tells me about one of her clients That she is debating medicating and he's telling me that you need to protect my friend because i am real he sees me but nobody else sees me but he's not crazy so i tell him you know tell me details tell me something i can tell her so he told me her patient's name and i relayed to her that you know so your little patient johnny i want to say he's a 10 year old boy has a little make-believe friend bobby that is not make-believe. Little Johnny, he is not people that aren't there. He is seeing the spirit. He's able to communicate with them. And little Bobby is a boy that died in a car crash very close to your client's home. Please don't <laughs> medicate that bull. Mm-hmm. And again, her jaw is sitting on her desk going, how the hell do you know this? And I describe little johnny as i see him standing in the corner and she's like my god that's the same way bobby describes you Uh, okay so you know there are cases i'm sure that have gone to trial perhaps execution life in prison life in an asylum or whatever where it is spirit interacting and they're believed to just be batshit crazy and they're not absolutely I just
5: I was on that case in uh, Southern Indiana where the whole family was, was uh, experiencing some pretty heavy activity, um, even poltergeist type activity. But uh, one of the girls, they, they actually the school, she was having trouble with school um, because she's being visited by people that aren't nobody else can see. And so they referred her to a, a psychiatrist, uh, a therapist. And they wanted to medicate her, and we were on the way to, to their house to, to do the investigation and help help the family. But we ended up talking to uh, the therapist that uh, they had sent her to, and told her, "Look, you don't need to medicate this child. What this child is is seeing is something that most people can't." And we showed the, the therapist evidence that we had caught. And Hey,
1: Gene, well, after,
5: Okay, how do you explain this? She's seeing who's making these things move. She's seeing people walking through her house. Um, and the therapist was like, holy crap. Like, it was some pretty convincing evidence. Um, I was quite stunned by it myself. Uh, and she was like, holy crap, I can't believe this is what you're dealing with in the, in the house. Yep. And so she kind of understood. She's like, well... Maybe she's not that shit crazy, you know. Maybe it is a a gift, and we need to help her understand the gift instead of just medicate the hell out of her and make her a zombie, you know.
2: Yeah, and how often does that happen? So I think the funniest thing about the entire conversation I had with a counselor was when I get done telling her about her patient, her aunt described her aunt to it. She saw her standing behind her. She looks at me and she goes, do you realize what you've just done? And I'm like, yeah, i just give you a message from the other side. And she's like, yeah. And you've also shit on all of this education and, and hundreds of thousands of fucking dollars that Uncle Sam spent to give me those diplomas and degrees. And I'm like, yeah, well, right. sometimes you have to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. That book doesn't tell you everything about this world.
0: Right. right.
2: That's right. True. Exactly.
5: It would be nice if the, uh, especially in, in you know, the psychology and, and therapy field uh, was more expanded to accept that some people have abilities that others don't. It would be nice, but it doesn't, I don't think it happens very often.
2: But along with the paranormal, the scientific field doesn't accept the paranormal either.
5: Right, yeah, we're a pseudoscience.
2: Yeah. Nothing is you know, replicatable time and time and time again. Just like communicating with spirit is isn't replicable. You know, I've talked to to a scientist before and was
5: like, Well, I know you guys don't think our field is worth a hoot or a holler, but how would you explain these things happening? And they really couldn't explain some of the evidence that, that I Showed them um, others. They were like, "Well, you're faking it. You know, you're you're just this is fake. You're pulling strings. You're you're making things move." And it's like, "Look, do I look like the person? that, Like, you know who I am. <laughs> yeah. You know me.
0: Am yeah.
5: I the type of person that would just bullshit you like that?" And they're like, "Well, I've never known you to, but well, then why why wouldn't you consider that as you know something that we need to study?"
2: I, I just don't understand it. In the grand scheme of things, I find it amusing that science still does not accept the paranormal. Um, you can put, but then again, look amongst ourselves. How many, you know? What's it, Ronnie puts out an absolutely phenomenal EVP. How many in our own fucking field are going to go? It was, yeah, right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, so
2: with all the digital thing that takes place in the paranormal or within the paranormal field, how can we expect anybody from outside the field to believe us?
0: Right. Yeah, yeah
1: that's true. You no.
2: Know,
5: well,
2: well, another way reason. Too is many egos
4: in this. Why? World. Why? Why don't they believe us when we put a lot of science into it? That's true.
5: I I mean we've got equipment now that is pretty damn scientific. You know what I mean? Like well, using radars and, and stuff like that. You know, okay. I'm not saying everything we use is, is real scientific. Like an EMF EMF meter, you know. You can get EMF from a million different things, but you know, things like radar,
3: yeah. uh
5: you know what I mean? Uh, they're 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 coming up with equipment that is. I don't know how you could even doubt that it's scientific. You know, I mean, like well, how do you dis- disprove radar?
3: You can't. But it, it 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 comes down to if you take it seriously in this field, it comes down to data data collecting over you know a period of time, and that's the only way that this is going to be taken care of. The problem is, if you go to, like, these uh, shows, uh, uh, stores, those stores, 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 whatever it is. All it does is it just lights up and blinks. There's no data logging capability. Now, right. there, are, there are some stuff out there that won't data logging. Yes. But you have to data log a location over a period of time. To say and, and then present the evidence to you know the peers or whatever, saying hey, you know what, this is what we gathered. This is the EMF flux. This is magnetometers. Um, the uh, the whole the whole nine yards to help document it. Not just saying oh look, my K two meter lights up. Okay, where's the data? There's no data. Right, little lights lighting up. I mean, I I can I can. Use this and say, hey, you know, this proves that there's a ghost without any data backup. Right. That's the one that proves the ghost that tickles your
2: testicles. That tickles my my tickle.
1: And it was circled in red. Imagine
5: I think a big part of the problem is is the amount of bakery. Bakery. I mean, and, and it boggles my mind. I literally put out a video showing an actual shadow person caught on film. Mm-hmm. A couple thousand views. Somebody shows the fakest crap, and they got a million views on it. It's like, I don't think people really want to see the truth. They just want to see the dramatic. Like, I'm pretty sure society as a whole just is... Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah. yeah, it's just, they want to see entertainment, not okay. the truth. Yeah. I, know, I thought that video was pretty entertaining. It, it literally shows a man, in, like a full-formed figure of a torso, peek out from a door, come back, and then peek out again. You know, I, I mean, that's pretty entertaining to me, but whatever. <laughs> I don't get it. There's so much fake out there that it makes it hard for real investigators. That's right. So it's evident,
3: and people are like, "Oh, that's fake." Well, I mean, I mean, let's take TikTok for example.
1: Hollywood. I mean,
3: there, there's the issue right there. There's so many things on TikTok that's faking. stuff. um, you know, you you can't tell what's real and what's not. And majority of the stuff is, that's on social media is fake to begin with. Yeah, right. So it, yeah. But it comes down to education, you know. We are seasoned veterans, investigators. The next generation that's out there that's using social media, they're in it for the quick gratification. They're not in it to, to go, oh my God, you know, that's something paranormal. Mm-hmm. They're going, oh my God, look, that's something spooky. They're not right.
5: educating themselves. They're that's in it for an experience, not the truth.
3: Well, not yeah. even that. I think most of them are in it just for, to get the clicks. <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah. true. I mean, most of them. If you if you
2: read the title of it, it's clickbait. That's, right. that's all it is. The demon. <laughs> 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 I, I don't get Did that I one just, either. I just video a demon walk across the hallway. Yes, and if you look closely, you'll see him shit on the floor too.
3: <laughs> it's a perfect emoji poop. <laughs> 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 and that was your big hey, grandma. <laughs> that was grandma. <laughs>
1: Wait until uh, the artificial okay. intelligence starts taking hold. We'll be in serious trouble yeah, with us. Paul a lot so. of. Mm-hmm. Go ahead,
2: oh, Yeah.
4: Yep. So, the tech can take anything visually anyway. Oh, yeah. Right. It's, I think it yeah. comes down to credibility
5: of the people putting it out. I think we're going to put some serious. Go ahead, Ronnie.
4: Yeah, Thanks. sure. I think today you're gonna if you're gonna prove something, you're gonna have to take a year, twenty four seven, and just research a location and document every like I said, twenty four seven for twelve months and to to get somebody to actually say, Okay, that's not fake. Right. And have everything document it, all the data and everything as far as... But until then, you're going to have all these cool scientists.
3: They're always going to doubt everything. Well, and, and that's the other thing is people these days, um, they don't want to take the time to do an investigation. I mean, the, the minimum investigation for, for me is minimum of at least six months for me to determine if the location is actually haunted. You can't go to a place on the first night and say, and be there for, you know, let's say six, seven, eight hours. So, oh, my God, yes, you know, it's haunted. Where's your evidence? What, what's your baseline that you're saying that this place is haunted? You don't have it. Right. And people don't want to take the time to take, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months, or even a year, <coughs> and to really investigate a location. I don't. I don't know that people don't want to. I think the the
5: like in my case, I just don't have a place that would allow me to do that.
3: But you, that's that's where the education part money. Goes. Money. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you're doing okay, private residence, you can probably get away with it. I mean, that's that's what I've only done. But if you're talking about you know like Templeton Park or you know, like the octagon or whatever, then, yeah, it's going to be really hard to to document that as possible.
5: Me personally, I've given up trying to, to prove anything for anyone.
3: Right.
5: I, oh, I, don't, I just do what I do nowadays. Uh, like, I don't need all the fancy equipment. Uh, yeah. You know, give me a, a a recorder, that a flashlight. You know what I mean? I don't have anything to prove to anybody. Right. I, I already know. I've had enough experiences in the last 20 years, um, and you know, since I was a kid with mediumship, uh, that I know what I've experienced. And if other people want to believe that, cool. If they don't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I just don't care.
2: Uh, here, here's the bottom line. Every month I get this thing in the mail. It's a receipt from my mortgage. And every month I notice it's my fucking signature on that bottom line.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: When somebody else wants to start putting their signature on that bottom line for it being paid, then I'll care what their opinion is, mm-hmm. whether my evidence is valid or not. I know at the cabin I got this. I know at St. Albans I got that. I know at the Ovenel I got this. That, that's all I care. Look back through my timeline from the past i don't know 15 years i've had my facebook and you'll see maybe one two clips of evidence that i've put out there go to my soundcloud you'll see like six or eight evps that i've put out there i i don't put it out there simply because not that I don't have thick skin, because trust me, you can't hurt my feeling. I have one, I keep it in a shoebox, it's under the bed. Once a <laughs> month I take it out, I fuck with it, I put it back. You can't hurt my feeling. Yeah. But I don't want to be the one to do it. Like, You're a dickhead. I don't care what your opinion is. Oh, man, that, that's not an ABP. That's that's the, the the wind flapping through your ball sack. No, it's a fucking ABP, but whatever. Right? <laughs> So I don't put it out there because I don't care what other people's opinion is. And, you know, Paul Shields, I think data collecting is the way to go when investigating. You have to have a baseline when investigating. Yes. The first thing I do is walk through with not just a K2, but a tri-field meter, and I find out where my, my higher levels of EMF are through a location. Uh, now, when I go to... Where was it? Alan May referred to it as paranormal tourism versus investigation. You know, I went out to uh, Missouri State Penitentiary with haunted Night's Paranormal Events, and I helped lead groups out there. I had a blast. Um, Did I investigate? No. But did I have a lot of gear set up? Yeah. Did I have activity on some of it? You betcha. And the best part of all of it was I didn't see anything or I don't have any evidence of what I captured, but I watched a body walking along the second floor tier in A Hall along with 30 people in my group and went, holy shit, that's cool as hell. There's no evidence of it, but I know what I saw. Yeah, Yeah,
5: I, I'll be honest with you. I, I put some evidence. I don't put a lot out there, but I put some evidence out there um, for others to see, if if they want to believe it, they can. If they don't, no skin off my nose. But um, my kind of my angle of why I even investigate anymore, like I could never investigate again and still believe the same crap. Because I've I've been doing this 20 years. The reason I do it now is because I've kind of come from the angle of telling the story of the people that are there, and. Dinner <laughs> yeah, my phone. <father. laughs> but uh so so I will put out some evidence, um, because I kinda want the story told of a location. Yeah. Of the people that are there. Other than that, I really don't care. I, I I just I I really think that we should should uh remember, you know, what happened in these places that we go, um who these people were. Um and, you know, respectfully try to allow them to tell the story that they want heard. So I'll put out stuff like EVPs or, uh, you know, when I ask questions and get direct response answers through equipment and stuff. And I'll put that out there just to kind of tell the story. That's all I'm really interested in now is is so we remember
3: those places and what happened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we – we are the storytellers of history of the past. right? I don't think okay. we've ever
4: posted anything public. Oh, really? Is there a reason for that? Yeah, we we really want to now because we're working with a lot of different people, and you know they're going to the, some of the same locations that we've been to, and comparing evidence and comparing stories and what happens but if you look back at our page i think our website's even down now but our facebook page it's just a bunch of pictures of the team and locations but any of our evps or videos we have never posted any of them but we want to but we just have never done it you know it's sitting on a on a freaking hard drive somewhere right yeah
0: you
5: know my problem has been a lot of what I've done has been re- private residential houses. So, uh, you know, about 99% of that is, is private, uh, unless the homeowners is willing to allow us to tell the story of, of what's happened to them. Um, a, a recent case in Indiana, she really wanted other people to see what happened to her so that they, you know, they could relate to her story of what was going on with her, what was going on in her house. So, I mean, she came on my podcast. um, We showed some evidence from, uh, from her home, and she was okay with that because she wanted other people to be able to relate to that and go, well, if it happened to her and it's happening to me, maybe I'm not crazy, you know? So we... But 99% of the stuff I've caught, like I've caught some really cool stuff. Right. I just won't show it because it's private. You know, it's, it's somebody's yeah. private life and they didn't give me permission to show the world. Well, that, it, that there's so much
3: thievery yeah. online.
4: Best evidence cool. from, yeah, some of our best stuff is from private revered, residents and we just don't, we don't give out names, locations or anything. Right. Plus post videos or anything. We are trying to get away from the, private cases, the 90% of those are people looking for attention.
5: I, I will agree, and I'm very
1: selective.
5: I'm very selective on who I'll help. Um, I think my mediumship allows me to kind of hone in because I can pick up bullshit like in a snap of the finger, you know what I mean? Somebody comes up and, and says oh you know I've got paranormal stuff going on in my house and blah blah yeah uh, I can
2: listen <laughs> no you don't <laughs> no you don't <laughs> yeah, like an EMF K2 meter being placed up to a receptacle my bullshit meter pegs red instantly right <laughs> right yeah it, and Paul shields John Stevens is probably close to right I've got a 4-terabyte uh, backup drive that lays here that I just transferred shit to. It's probably a quarter or more full. I mean, I know, I've got two terabytes of, of
5: hard drive. I put an extra hard drive in there just for my paranormal stuff. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's got to be damn near close. Like, I've got all kinds of shit people wouldn't believe. You know what I mean? Like, video evidence of a vase lifting up off of a counter, spinning, and then flying off. I was standing there. I didn't push it. What you kind know? of string did you use? Yeah. <laughs> it was that magician's tr- uh, line that they they have. But yeah, I, I've got evidence like that sitting on a hard drive that I yeah. can't show because it's private. But yeah, I, you know I don't mind
3: telling stories about stuff. But yeah, like, but I not that shit. Yeah, but also you know, I mean I've got like I said I've got the same thing you guys have terabytes of investigations in the past 33 years. You know, it just sits there now. I, I'm not going to share it online because, one, I really don't want to get into a pissing match with all these younger, you know, I want to believe, you know, my evidence is better than yours and what have you. And two, some of it is private information, but there's a way around it. You can say undisclosed location, show a little clear, right. clear out the faces if you have faces, but It's sad that as veterans, we're now hiding our evidence and not sharing it so other people can learn from it.
2: Mm -hmm. Right.
3: But see, here's the other thing,
2: too. Learn from it. yeah. Most of the video, most of the audio, things that I have on my hard drive, there's really, unless I take time to do a voiceover with it, and go, OK, here was my scenario. Here was the instrumentation I placed. Here was the weather at that time. Here was the lunar cycle at that time. They're not going to learn shit. You know what they're going to learn? Oh, look, he's got a video of, of, of a vase picking up and spinning. I wonder how the hell he did that <laughs> right That's what they're going to learn is how to or right, cause bullshit over it.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
5: Uh, See, I've spent a lot of time figuring out how people fake stuff. Um, So I I have, like, a little bit easier time spotting fake crap. Uh, And even if it's not fake, I have to doubt it these days, uh, which is unfortunate, because you can't trust people. Like, they're not legitimately um trustworthy people so even if it was real and we but weren't it, there it, it, well, yeah it, it i i it's hard for me to trust people when they show me something that i know how to fake yeah or could fake that um it's hard for me to believe it even if it is real i mean it could be the realest damn evidence you ever show in the world but if i know how that it could be fake. It's like dowsing rods. You can fake dowsing rods. I, that's why I hate dowsing rods. I won't believe shit out of dowsing rods because it can be fake. Really? <laughs> 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 Same with ree boards too. You know what I mean? Like, there's just there's just stuff that if I know that it could possibly be fake, whether it is or not, I just discredit it. I even do that to my own evidence if i if i had a piece of evidence and i'm like you know there would be a way to fake this even though i i feel like i'm a reputable person and i would never fake anything because i just i i believe in my reputation too much i won't show it to
2: anybody because there's a way that it could be fake See, as far as my EVPs and things like that, I have a simple statement. When in doubt, throw it out. Right. Right. You know, or, I mean, if it's in a private residence, I may play it for the homeowner or the, the client and go, so this is what I caught, but I'm not real sure what the hell this is. Right. And, I mean, it may be, you know, it. it well, as a medium, Josh, you you can understand this. It may be something that I'm not meant to understand, but they will. It's a specific sound. It's a specific noise. It's a specific right. word that only relates to them. Right. Right. And you know, if I hear it on my on my recording, and I'm like, wait a damn minute, what was that? I don't, I don't know. It's probably nothing. I'll I'll discard it. But if it's something that grubs my attention enough, I go, all right, I think I'm going to let the client hear this and maybe they can decide what it is. Right, yeah. You know, I, I have caught in the EVP that
5: it was some other language. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, but it was fairly clear. I wouldn't say full class A, but pretty close. You could tell that there was a different language being spoken. So when I played that back for um, um, the client, they knew exactly what it said. And I'm, I'm like, well, you're a bunch of white people. How do you understand that language? Yeah, come white to people out. too dumb to understand that language. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, it was, it was just like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. But come to find out, their grandfather spoke this language. And I think that's who we picked up. He didn't speak English. We're not going to get an English EVP from a guy who only speaks that language, you know? So they understood it. They understood exactly what it, what it was and who it was. Um, it sounded like him. It had his mannerism um, and his language. Uh, I thought it was somebody messing with the damn recorder. You know, like if somebody was playing on uh, moving the recorder around. mm mm-hmm. If they, when I played for them, i like, I don't even know what this is. It sounds like a different language, maybe, but
2: they knew exactly what it was, and they knew exactly what it said. Well, years ago, we used to lead public investigations at Henrikas Park. Henrikas Park was, prior to the settlers coming along in 1611, it was all Powhatan land, and they spoke Algonquin. And one of the EVPs that we captured, I didn't understand a thing of what the hell it said. So I played it back for them. And Sean, who at that time was their native interpreter, speaks some Algonquin. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I played it, he knew exactly what it was. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So this is native from the 1600s? And he goes... Yeah, probably about that time, anyway. I'll be down, But yeah, it, it didn't make shit's bit of difference or sense to me. Right. You know, just like some of the readings I've done. Uh, I did a reading for a woman in Canada, whose fiance passed away, and one of her questions to me was, "What did he think of the gift the kids gave him?" And all I could do was laugh when I get his response back. He's like, there's so much candy, there's so much candy, it's wonderful. That didn't make sense to me. Right. But it wasn't for me, so I didn't have to understand
0: it.
5: Right. But
2: what it meant to her was a huge response because all three kids put a bag of Werther's Originals in his casket. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) so, So it didn't have to. You know and much like an EVP it doesn't have to mean anything to me but to the client it might be huge
3: yes yeah, uh,
2: you know maybe it was a, a nickname that they were called as a kid and this is their grandmother coming through yeah. or, or something so you know I try not to throw a lot of things out but if I don't if I don't think it's a legitimate response you know if I'm in doubt in that aspect I'll throw it out but if it's a legitimate response and I can go that's got all the basis of vocalism. Right. Uh,
6: you know, I'm looking
2: at them on an Spectrum Analyzer, and it's in the right band. That's vocal. Right. I, I'll, I'll play it for them, and they can decide what the hell it is, if anything.
5: By the way, that, that EVP I was just telling you about, the, the grandfather was Czechoslovakian. And, it, you know, when you have something that's in a whisper, basically, <laughs> Czechoslovakian. He actually, what was translated to me by the family was it's grandpa, I'm standing right here. That's what he said on the EVP, but it sounded, I was like, what the hell
2: is this? This is something. Well, what is it?" Yeah. It was funny, though. Gotta love those moments. Have you ever captured another language, Ronnie? No, that's what I was sitting here thinking about. Um,
4: Some of these EVPs we get and we quite can't understand them. I'm sitting there going, well, maybe they were another language now that you guys have brought it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I, not to my knowledge, I have it personally.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know
4: about anybody on the team. But, yeah, I, now that, y'all have given me something to <laughs> think about now. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, I mean,
2: so there's heard theory in the I heard that. voices there, but I didn't understand. It. Right. Right. And that's where you need to find somebody, you know, a linguist or a language specialist or, you know. And this is also where history of the location is critical. Right. Um, You know, what was the prevalent language there 300 years ago? Uh, You know, was this a massively Czechoslovakian neighborhood you know, right after World War Two, or, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, being able to understand that it was Algonquin language spoken back in the 1600s and then all of a sudden I've got something that goes, Jemai. Mm-hmm. Was
0: like, what the
2: fuck is that? Yeah. And all I heard was, Jemai. Well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it turns out that is friend in Algonquin. Hmm. And, well, I'll be damn- so I learned a new language okay one one word I, I'm not a <laughs> linguist
5: but I'll, I'll got, take it we've got German here on my property um, because some of the owners previous um, you know our, our the house that we owned before the fire was 172 years old it was from 1850s and that's as far back as we go so we've gotten German um, I've been at locations where we have caught Spanish We've caught the Czechoslovakian and uh, French so far. And had had somebody listen to it and go, I think that's what this is. So, you know, we start trying to find somebody who speaks the language and and uh, can confirm, you know. But we've
3: caught those four yep. languages so far. I mean, it's like when Anita was, well, quite, for those of you who don't know, my wife is British. When she ran her group in England, I mean, there was times when she was out in Wales and she was getting Celtic EVP. So, I mean, EVPs will come in whatever language the person is comfortable. German, English, slang, um, Celtic, whatever.
2: Now, I will tell you this. I got the... uh, I had the honor of, of investigating a place up in D.C. called Gallaudet University. And it is one of the premier schools for um, American Sign Language uh, that used, uh, those impairments. We did an experiment where students were doing nothing but sign language, ASL, asking the questions with audio running. And we would get back vocal responses with no verbalization of the question, just doing it in ASL, we would get back verbal responses on the recorders. So it proved to us at that point that they could speak, um, or not only could they speak to us through the recorders, but they could see exactly what was being done at that moment in sign language. So, you know, that, that proved to me they can see us. They feel relevant. They can interact. It was cool as shit, but wearing the president.
6: Hello, all you freaks out there. This is Ryan, and I am flying solo tonight with my decaf coffee. Ugh, enjoying this lovely Monday. i not even Monday. What am I talking about? Tuesday. God, I'm like, I forgot what day it was. I went back into the past because I used to do my show on Monday night. Now, I do it on Tuesday night. So, yeah, happy Tuesday. Hope everyone had a good first day of uh, October, National Ghost Hunting Day. Hope everyone had a good National Ghost Hunting Day. We had um animal investigation and seance at the cabin on 360. What's up, Marshall Brooks? How you doing? On Saturday night, my friend uh, Holly Mullins and her cousin Dallas came down and uh, we had a nice crowd out there. It was a lot of fun. Um, there was definitely some weird energy that night. I don't know how to explain it to where it would make sense, but it was just electric. It was electric energy. And, you know, you see electric. Oh, my God. It was, It was. I told her, I was talking to Holly up on the front porch, and I was like, I feel like I'm drunk, but I'm not that's how it was. I just felt completely out of it. I just, I don't know. Something, and it's something I hadn't felt out there before. Um, but it was fun. We had a good time and once we started investigating everything things started to calm down but pick up at the same time. Like, feeling more balanced once we started investigating. But, uh, at first, man, I was like, "Oh my God, I couldn't even think straight." And Dennis had problems with his um, motorcycle wouldn't start, and uh, Howie's cameras kept, kept cutting off people's equipment. kept like setting off with like full battery charge. They were playing play about their, their equipment cutting off and stuff. So I mean, it was definitely an interesting, an interesting evening. I um, got some cool EVPs actually we're up we were upstairs in the in the up, upstairs in the back bedroom of the cabin and um Howie had just said something about his uh speaker shutting down on his computer when he was doing because he was doing the live feed um on the uh the rift radio uh nation youtube channel so when we got back we got back in from uh the woods where we went first, my group did. He came back and he said all the cameras had shut down. And you uh, hear a voice on the recorder saying, shutting it down or something like that. But I was, I, and I played it back. I'm like, was this you saying shutting it down? She so had just said shut it down. And it didn't make sense for him to say it, say it again like that. Um, but he was like, no, that wasn't me. So that was pretty interesting. And um, yeah, it was a good time. I uh, think our next event is going to be out at um, what's going to be um, the uh, flag placing at uh, Evergreen Cemetery and Woodland Cemetery, Woodland Cemetery on uh, Veterans Day, which is actually on a Saturday, so we can do it actually on Veterans Day. But uh, we're going to go out there and then um, we're just going to have people, whoever comes out to help us to place flags, they're going to, you know, give them. We'll just let them come investigate the cabin on uh, that night. We'll do like a fire pit and uh, investigate. It'll be fun. So if you are in the area and you want to help us honor the veterans buried in woodland and uh, Evergreen cemeteries, which are, excuse me, abandoned African-American cemeteries that uh, fell into disrepair to put the work actually, Woodland Cemetery isn't as bad as evergreen cemetery is, but because um, 'cause they've actually have somebody who who bought it and is keeping it up. Evergreen Cemetery had a group buy it, but then decided they're not gonna they're not gonna use the funds to fix up the cemetery, so you know a lot more not more overgrown at evergreen cemetery than it is at um woodland cemetery but it's a good, it's a good cause it's fun it's, you know you get to get out there and get some exercise and you know honor the men and women men and women who uh, help helped keep us free for all these years um I'll go although I do want to uh, wish everybody a very happy mean girls day that was today if you like the, the movie Mean Girls the day is your holiday, and what better way to celebrate National Kevin Day than to buy your the the, the Kevin in your life a candle, soy candle. Can even see it? No, nope, can't see it. It says Dutch soy candles. If you eh, uh, it says Dutch soy candles right there. Kind of bright, but this is the Haunted Woods candle, which is the same candle I had last week. It's been sitting on the table next to the. um, Smells good. though. has smells. Can't even talk. Smells good. The thing on the table next to me since last week. And I'm trying to think of the smell. I can so I can describe it to you. It's. I don't even know. Smells good though. I could just describe it, but it'd be a terrible job. So, we have got. Lexi Warfield from. Paranormal visionary joining us on the show tonight. She is going to talk. We're going to talk Ghost. We're going to talk about her uh, her haunted tours she does. And uh, she's even sent me some undeniable picture of a paranormal evidence that I'm going to play for you guys, too. So let's go ahead and add her to the show here. And we'll get this party started right now. Hey, how are you?
7: Hey, Ryan. I'm doing good. How are
6: you? Good long time no see. Yeah. It has been too long. How's everything going in your life?
7: Uh, I've been busy. I've been trying to uh find more time for the, you know, paranormal, hence why I got a job doing that
6: <laughs> Oh man. So where where do you work? Where what tours do you do?
7: Um, right now I'm uh doing through an agency called uh US
6: cool. So, um, do you, when you do these tours, uh, do they tell you, okay, you go to these places or do you, do you find places to go to? Like, how do they, how does that work?
7: So I've been perfecting, you know, my tour guide skills, but basically, you know, we meet them at one location and, uh, you know, I get paid a set amount for the hour and sometimes people, uh, tip as well. And, you know, I've been doing more and more research on, you know, just how dark the history is in Richmond. And there's so many places, uh, you know, that I've added on that we walk by because Richmond just has a very dark, negative history to it.
6: It is one of your uh, favorite locations to talk about when you go on these tours.
7: Oh, uh, most definitely the African American burial ground. That was also the town's hanging ground.
6: Where is that?
7: Um, It's in Chopper Bottom. It's uh, next to the Lumpkin Slave Jail. This is just behind the uh, train station on Main Street.
6: So when you're giving these tours, do you like become a character, like to help them help to tell the stories, or do you just tell them like tell as Lexi? How do you go about, like, getting yourself ready to give these uh, stories, tell these stories?
7: So I try to do a perfect blend of comedy and history and, you know, also knowledge on the paranormal. You know, I try to dress up and go with the theme because most of the history, you know, uh, with Richmond is colonial. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the 70s and 80s, we had a bad crime spree then. But most of the ghosts of Richmond are 1700s, uh, 1800s, Civil
6: War ghosts. Tell you what, I did a EVP session. I was in a, uh apartment complex. But it was an old warehouse and in the basement it was all like the first when I first went down there i opened the the elevator doors opened and i just felt really sick so and i was like i can't do this right now so we left and then um that and that never happened to me before but i felt like i was going to throw up so a uh, few days passed and we decided to go back down there again so in in the, in the basement it, it was I guess they used it for storage, but it was a big, like, huge space with like uh, I don't know mannequins and just um, like clo- clothes hangers and stuff. It was just boxes and stuff. It was just a bunch of shit. that uh, was.
7: where was this at again?
6: It was on Third Street. Um,
7: oh, okay, okay. Right
6: close to uh, the Richmond Convention Center. Okay. Yeah. So, we go down there again, and uh, we did, we do an EVP session. And I would, I get back and I go back and listen to it. I wasn't expecting to get anything, but I actually got a an EVP of a woman crying, saying, "I want cocaine, or I need some cocaine." <laughs> I need It was like clear say, "I need some cocaine." It was it was yeah. Unless there was someone down there with us who really needed cocaine, and you know. To tell us that in the recorder? I that think was, it was
7: probably the eighties time period. Yeah,
6: exactly. <laughs> or yeah, early eighties or seventies. But
7: Yeah, we were at the top of the charts for murder yeah. then. You know, a lot of people we ain't we're not even in the top twenty now, it's safe for me to do tours in the evening,
6: but Yeah, it was, yeah, it was back
7: then.
6: It was a time when like Grisham was like number two in like the country for like murders and stuff and it was it was crazy. But, you know, like you said, it was from all all different, you know, types of uh, time periods. Yeah. So, so when you, um, are there different tours? Like someone, like do you have a Civil War tour or like an Edgar Allan Poe tour or something like that where it's like, well, like you'll go to certain houses from, A certain time period.
7: So I have uh, two separate tours. I do the Hollywood Cemetery tours. Uh, That's more so uh, history. Um, A lot of history there. Uh Um, And then I have the Chaco Bottom tours, but and that mainly has uh, history and paranormal. And we'll walk the blocks because it's so much. The tour is about an hour, and it's so much history. I'll just walk us a certain number, out, you know, like a perimeter, and we'll walk these areas, and I'll have to talk about them. And I've had people capture ghost pictures
6: while on the tour. Wow. What, um, talking about Hollywood Cemetery, what would be, like, your favorite person to talk about? What's your favorite story to tell when you uh, walk around Hollywood Cemetery?
7: Um, you know, if nobody's uh visited that cemetery yet, I highly recommend it. Did you know why it was called Hollywood?
6: Uh, cause there are holly bushes around. Um,
7: y- yep, it was called Hollywood before Hollywood. It was the eighth oldest cemetery. But my favorite uh site to see is the uh Confederate Pyramid. It's uh to the Confederate women. It has eighteen thousand Confederate graves over there and the monument uh pretty big. It was probably uh, very hard for them to build back in the day and they uh took the stones from the James River. Uh, and the interesting story behind it is the very top uh stone uh at the top <clears throat> uh they had one man that was a thief, a horse thief, Thomas Stanley. And he climbed all the way to the top and, uh, you know, wet the pulleys and pulled the uh, stone in place and right at the stone. And they said he was transferred, and got his freedom. So I think it's a pretty interesting story. And it's a sight to see. It's a pretty big pyramid.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's too. pretty good deal. If you if you do it and survive, you get, if you, you, uh, get your freedom. But if you fall, you die. Pretty yeah. much. so I mean, you take your chances, I guess. So I'm going to tell you something. The um, you're talking about Hollywood Cemetery. You know, I was talking about Peter Herbie. we were talking about doing our our in our uh, flag placing at Evergreen Cemetery on Veterans Day. Well, when Evergreen Cemetery was built, it was built to be the Black Hollywood Cemetery. So picture Hollywood Cemetery how it is now but covered in trees and vines and root and weeds and pretty much completely taken over by a forest. And that is what we're dealing with at Evergreen Cemetery. All those monuments, all those graves that people spent a lot of money for, statues, they're now completely covered in vines and, and uh, you know, weeds, tall grass.
7: So why is that? Why is it the... Uh... City help and take
6: care of this place because the um it it was not built in the like perpetual care, which means the city, which means basically the city won't take care of it. You have to take care of the graves. The family has to take care of the graves themselves. So these some of these markers that were, you know, put in in the early 1900s, maybe late 1800s. Um, you know, they, they, the people move away, they, expand, they, people forget, you know, it's just over time, you know, they just, they just fall in disrepair. And then after a while, when, you know, those, the neighborhoods don't become, aren't, aren't as good as they used to be, you know, and uh, you don't want to go out there and uh, take care of it it becomes overgrown. And there are people who do go out and take care of the take care of the grace, but there are they're more recent. And uh so, you know, we've been going out there for almost eight years trying to find the flags. And there are people who volunteer to go out and uh they go out every weekend and they and they, they try to clean up but there's only so much only so much they can do when it comes to uh Keeping it clean, especially during the summertime when everything is just insane. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is just, it's just funny thinking about how nice Hollywood Cemetery looks. And then you go someplace like Evergreen and Woodland or Woodland Cemetery, which is better because there's someone around there, this guy named Marvin, I think that's his name. He uh, bought it and um, he really did, he's really done a good job of thinking uh, it up and, Keeping it, keeping it um, clean. That's not the right word to use, but keeping it uh, clean, I guess is the best word. The only word I can think of. Um, But as far as like famous people buried out there, uh, Arthur Ashe is buried at Woodland Cemetery. He's the famous tennis tennis player. And uh, Maggie Maggie Walker, you you know you do tours down there. You must have heard of Maggie Walker. Her uh, grave is at Evergreen Cemetery.
7: That's amazing. Uh-huh. I did not
6: know that. And you can join us Saturday, November 7th. I, uh, I definitely will. It's on
7: the uh, 11th, so yes. uh, I will make sure to, of next month, so I'll make sure
6: to yes or. Marshall, Brooks. note right now, <laughs> awesome, We'd love to have you, And like I said, when you get when we uh that night, we're gonna have a get together at the cabin for, all, for everyone who comes out and uh, helps us place flags, so if you want to come out, join us for an investigation at the uh, cabin, we would love to have you uh come back out there,
7: yeah, I enjoy doing uh you know events like that. I like how you help the community. You know, I, I definitely want to spread more awareness of that. I
6: like I like being able to do stuff like that, like you said, like, to help out and uh, use the use the cabin as a as a good way to help educate the uh, public on the paranormal and give back as best we can to help out and um, you know do what we can to better the community. You know.
7: I think
6: that's awesome. That's freaking awesome. Oh, there we go. I like that. Okay. Uh, Marshall Brooks wouldn't the, Wouldn't the vines and overgrowth make them more eerie, especially in a death? Oh, it is definitely eerie. There is definitely there is a mausoleum that that had, was broken into, and someone had taken taken the um, bodies out,
7: what? Uh, take the
6: taken the jewelry off, and set them on fire.
7: Oh, my God. See, I had talked to the owner of Hollywood Cemetery because, you know, normally cemeteries aren't haunted, uh, but Hollywood is, mm-hmm. uh, and they have security stations there at night, and I called him up a, you know, a few years back when I was really into investigating, and I was like, hey, you know, uh, can I get permission to do, you know, like a history slash investigation and come overnight? He's like, I'm tired of these damn kids coming over here, and desecrating graves and cutting up cats and you know, there's cutting some symos out there. You know?
6: Yeah.
7: You just put just put up there's a lot of witchcraft at the the cemetery. Like, you know, you have to be careful about, you know, certain items that are just like a jar that's in the ground, you just I I I just don't touch that.
6: Hmm. Wow. I mean, I mean now that I think about it, there are people who who do, you know, uh, crazy shit. Um. Wow. Now they do crazy shit and they fucking tape it and they record it on TikTok. Used to be you do crazy shit, you kept it to yourself. Now you do crazy shit and you and you put it on for everyone to see.
7: Yeah. <laughs> God,
6: i I keep I keep looking for. Like bones, or you know, like I'm like, oh my god, it's on a skeleton. But the way the graves are so sunk in, you know, at Evergreen, basically you get topography like this it's so it's so um it is, and it's really it's kind of a uh kind of weird because it's the overgrowth and uh and the the way it looks, a gift—it—it's kind of a luster, right, for the right lack of a better word. You know, if it was just, yeah, if if, if it was just a cemetery that was completely cleaned up and looked looked great, I don't even know if you if we would even be going out there. But it's the fact that we found this cemetery that was neglected. And we thought the uh, soldiers that were buried in that cemetery deserved to be respected as much as the Confederate soldiers that are buried and the other soldiers that are buried in the uh, in the uh, more well cemeteries.
7: Yeah.
6: You know, so, I mean, it's like we talk about how dirty it, is, how overgrown it is, but I suppose the overgrowth is kind of the reason why we go out there anyway. So it's uh, – it's interesting. So what is your it was the, it was the temp, the temple. Um is there a particular person at Hollywood Cemetery that you enjoy uh talking about? Um So uh one of the most visited um
7: mausoleums is the uh, W. w Fools Mausoleum at Hollywood Cemetery. Are you mm. familiar with that?
6: Uh, is that the vampire?
7: Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So that actually, uh, everybody says they spot the Richmond vampire there. You know, I'm an investigator, but I'm a little skeptical on that one. It, that uh, story actually uh, stems from uh, the Churchill Tunnel, which is on my tour. One of the men that were next to the boiler. When it exploded, uh, he was all jacked up, his face was melted, and his teeth were caved in, and he ran two miles across the James River and into that mausoleum, and they were chasing him, thinking he was a creature. So that's uh, the story it uh, actually stems from, but people came over there, and the owner was telling me how they uh, desecrated that uh Grave, and they've had to
6: move a pool into a you know undisclosed location. Now, do you think he really ran two miles from the from the tunnel, and then went into a mausoleum that was probably closed at the time? Had, how how did he get into the mausoleum? Well, he was basically set on
7: fire. That's, uh, that's uh, what they said. They said that he looked like a you know something like a. And uh, when they finally picked him up, it was documented that he died at a uh, Gray Street hospital. I do think it's odd that he ran into the mausoleum. There is some odd occurrence at the mausoleum as well, like the the lamb, they changed it. it apparently, uh, the lamb would cry blood. Uh, so, it's definitely uh, something odd there. The apparent uh, original person that was uh, buried there uh, was the wife, and then the husband apparently the husband was a mason as well so you see a lot of greek architecture uh, around the mausoleum as well
6: tell me the story about the cast iron dog that is up on uh the hill in uh, hollywood cemetery
7: oh yes um that's the little girl she died at uh three years old actually two and a half years old and uh back in the day, you know, a lot of doctors in Hollywood Cemetery, you'll see a lot of infant graves right? because back in the day they had a high infant mortality rate. You know, a lot of people didn't wash their hands. Doctors would deal with the old cattle and then handle children, so a lot of people would die from childbirth. But that uh, dog actually stems uh, from the Civil War. It was placed there so they wouldn't uh, melt it down for scrap metal over the little girl's grave. It says she used to walk uh, down the street on Broad Street and would see the dog in a store and some person donated it. But that's the story behind it. And it's uh, one of the most visited spots that people claim to see the dog move and hear giggles and laughs over there. And I always see a lot of offerings for the little girl as well, little trinkets and toys
6: yeah i've seen i've got over there and i've seen people leaving toys and stuff for the little girl and um it's really a sad the story but it's really also really neat that the the dog's there and and uh it's been there for you know over hundred fifty years still guarding standing guard over her uh grave that is that is awesome yeah it's a a lot of
7: different pet Statues and angel statues, but by far that uh, the dog is, uh, stands out to me and is one, one of my favorite animal guardian statues
6: there. I remember re- reading that story on in um, Ghosts of Richmond, and that that really kind of struck me struck struck a nerve for me. So I'm looking going through your our message you sent me. And you said, I also want to talk about 3 a.m.
7: Oh, yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, I talk about this on my tour sometimes because we have, you know, um, Masonic Lodge on our tour, too. It was built 1788, you know, and... Uh, the number three is a very spiritual number as well, because normally people with, you know, the paranormal world would think of, you know, six, but three is very important as well. Uh, You know, 3 a.m. is believed to be the time Jesus Christ, uh, the opposite time. Jesus Christ died at 3 p.m., hence 3 a.m. wishing hour.
0: Mm -hmm. And anything
7: that's uh, demonic, in my experience, uh, comes in threes and does things in threes to mock the
6: Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, a lot of people may get it scratched. It's in threes, and uh, yeah, I heard uh, 3 a.m. was is the witching hour. Um, I'm against just, just because maybe because it's between half halfway between you know night and day. You know, or, you know, it's still morning, but it's still light and dark, I guess, because, you know, midnight and yeah, then it,
7: like, 6 a.m. It just perplexes me, you know, because you, you can't always understand it all, but just, you know, in my experiences when, you know, I experienced my, you know, demonic encounter when I was younger, uh, it would always pop, you know, come around 3 a.m.,
6: you know. Uh,
7: so I definitely think uh, that means something in the you know paranormal world. Like if you're an investigator uh, and you're trying to get actual evidence, I you know recommend you investigate between the hours of twelve a.m. to four a.m. because I feel like you're more likely going to get something. You know, especially on the date something occurred as well.
6: Yeah, I've got that song three a.m. by Matchbox Twenty stuck in my head now.
7: <laughs> it's 3 a.m. and I'm
0: so lonely.
6: Um, so you had a demonic encounter at 3 o'clock in the morning. What happened there? How did that take place?
7: Um, When I was younger, you know, I had a few uh, experiences, uh, one of them. So, you know, at um, my old house, you know, my mom uh. I don't support some of the things she did, but she would, uh, practice, uh, some dark, uh, witchcraft. And, uh, you know, I remember capturing a dark figure, you know, above her altar. And, uh, one night, the night that, one of the nights that stood out to me is, uh, it was 3 a.m. And I was in high school then. And I was, you know, doing homework last minute, you know, uh. I shouldn't have been doing that that late, but at least I was doing it, <laughs> and I was in the living room, and it was, you know, pouring down, raining outside, hard, and the next thing you know, I hear, boom, 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 three times on the door, three o'clock in the morning, middle of night, hear the shit out of me, I was like, you know, uh, I don't know why, but I was like, uh, let me go look who's knocking on the door this time. And, I, you know, I mm-hmm. went and opened the door and, uh, you know, it scared me because I felt like something rushed through me, even though there was nothing out there. And, you know, hand to God, if you go to this house this day, there's still a crack in the middle of the door. It has a crack in the middle of the door from that night still to this day.
6: So do you think your your mom was trying to conjure something when she was, like, she was, was she trying to make contact with, with, uh, with the demon?
7: Uh, she has the Book of Solomon and, um, she claimed that she could trap a demon. Uh, I have certain beliefs or things and, you know, study the occult and, you know, I'll go and investigate stuff, but I'll only go, uh, a certain i won't go too far with it because you know you can really get something attached to you or bring something home and it's scary like when you really have a, like some type of demonic encounter you, you definitely don't want to have it again
6: i was looking through some of the pictures i have and i had i got came across um the picture you sent me um Of Randy's window in the brick rancher, you took. Remember that picture?
7: Oh yeah.
6: Of that face looking at yeah, that was crazy. That 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 looked demonic to me. I mean I don't know, but the way it looked, man, it just it just looked evil. Oh yeah. So like you know,
7: one thing you know I would tell people is if you feel like something's there take a picture because it might really uh be there we got we have these instincts for a reason and you know technology can sometimes pick up things that our naked eyes mm-hmm. cannot see
6: trust your intuition what do you have to lose nothing you're not losing yeah. film you're not losing barely any time to pick up your camera take a picture and you know if you get don't get something that's fine whatever delete it but if you if there is if there is something there, you know, it, there you have it. But I would definitely if you're gonna do that definitely take pictures in a row. Just to be sure that what you see exactly what you see. That way you can show people too. Go like here, here are three pictures, boom 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 right in a row, and here it is. <laughs> you know.
7: Yeah.
6: But yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that was a pretty 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 good capture. You uh, you guys had out there. Man. Thank you. So when you were, can't okay, harp on this, but when you when you were growing up, did was was there, what was it like? There in the basement, did you have people come over and like cloaks and shit? Like, what, what kind of stuff was she trying to do with her witchcraft?
7: Um i would uh I, I learned my lesson you know not to uh be involved with it but i would see uh all types of stuff and offerings and swords and uh books and uh she even had a gold that she claimed uh you know uh was uh, real
6: do you do you think you know being around that has helped you as far as being able to experience paranormal activity? Do you think it's, they, they, they're attracted to you because of what happened in your younger years?
7: Yeah. Like, you know, I definitely believe I uh, do have a sense to it. I feel like some things can, you know, uh, sometimes block your sense. Like if you, uh, smoke or do a lot of drugs or eat a lot of bad foods I feel like that you know blocks our senses
0: Uh more
7: the more pure purified we are so I'm trying to get a better state of mind again you know and and re-get in touch with this uh paranormal stuff because you you know you got to Kind of stay grounded for this stuff because it it can drain you like
6: you were talking about earlier with the battery draining. It can drain you too. <laughs> oh, I know. I and mean, I've I've seen people, you know, get get affected by it. And you know, you dealt with it when you when you heard that knocking on the door. You know, because I'm assuming was your mom asleep when it happened, or was she there with you?
7: Uh. So I woke her up and uh she came out the living room uh you know because I, I like I I'm sorry like I I'm freaked out that ain't right I'm waking somebody up
6: I mean yeah <laughs> you know? I mean I would be like what the hell did you do
7: <laughs> And um she was like uh she came in the living room. She's like, I, I I definitely, and this isn't even the worst encounter I've had. You know, I had something happen prior, you know, before my mom really uh, was into witchcraft like that um as well. But I had brought her out in the living room, and she was like, yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, something's in here. And she seen the crack in the door, and she was like, oh, my God. And, you know, I went and laid in the bed with her and I just felt like something was around and creeping, you know, it just, it was very scary.
6: But was there, um, like other, like occurrences that happened in the house, like small things that were, that were weird that, you know, could be contributed to, uh, what she was doing? All
7: right. Well, let's just put it this way. You know, um, my husband, he's a skeptic or he likes to claim to be a skeptic.
0: Uh-huh.
7: Um and you know, one night he was out and this was before we were married. <clears throat> he's out he was out in the living room at this old uh at the old house and uh, I was sleeping in the bedroom and next thing you know, he's uh shaking me real hard. He's like, Lexi, Lexi, get up I was like, What? What what? He's like the remote, the remote just flew across the room. I was like, what? He's like, I'm going home. I said, no, you're not. You woke me up. You're not going home. You're not
6: leaving me here with this. What the hell? And he
7: was, uh, you know, really freaked out. He said, I can understand it falling, but it's flying across the living room. You
6: yeah. know. Tell you what, man. No one's no one's a believer until it actually happens, and then they're like, "Oh, okay, now I now I believe it." Um, but it takes that one thing to to happen where you can't explain it. Like like you said, if it fell or something, like okay, well, you know maybe. But when you see it fly across the room, man, that that you know that that'll get your attention. Oh yeah. For sure, man. That is, man, I've never had anything like that happen to me. Although I, the other day I was um, in the living room and RJ has um, in the middle of it is this little silver tray, circular tray-looking thing. You put the dough on, you spin it around, you put toppings on it. Well, I was standing behind the couch and the um, Play-Doh... The Play-Doh oven, the pizza oven, was on, on his table in front of the couch. I was nowhere near it, and the little pie thing started spinning, or spin, spin once. So I was like, "Okay, that's weird." So I went over there, and I thought maybe if you like, if you spin it clockwise a little bit, it'll, it'll lock in place, and then it'll spin back. I kept, I turned it, and it's, it's just spun back without locking in place. But it again? Just spun back. So it doesn't, it doesn't. Lock in place so something made it spin, uh, and I don't know what it was, you know. As far as logically, I don't know what it was. Um, illogically, you know, I know what it was, but it's just, And I'll have stuff fall on the floor for like no reason, and I'll come back. I can't, I can't figure out what it was that fell, but uh, you definitely like chips or something will fall randomly that have been sitting up on the shelf, you know, for a day, and all of a sudden, they just fall over, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So, I am going to go onto YouTube. I'm going to check out your – I'm going to pull up your um, the video you sent me uh, earlier. Now, I, I, I skipped to the part that has the evidence. So, if you wanna talk about what what um you said in the actual beginning part of the video, the introduction.
7: Um, basically, um that my name is Lexi and uh, you know, I do tours over there at the burial ground. Uh and that we uh I captured one of the most best ghost pictures in the world. I think, in my opinion, one of the most undeniable ghost pictures. And I also, you know, just wanted to do a short clip because, you know, that place is hard to investigate because you have all the noise from it being by the train and then, you know, 64, 95 kind of somewhat built on top of half the burial ground so you have all that noise in the background. But I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of the times that you know, will capture orbs there and, you know, the lights will do weird things, flicker on and off or all cut off at once. Just a lot of odd occurrences there at the burial ground.
6: So where is what, where is, this is a slave burial ground?
7: Yeah, So um, who knows how many people have uh, been actually buried there. Uh, the site wasn't discovered until 1996, and it's even believed that the surrounding stones uh, that were used for the gallows were helped, uh, you know, used for the 6495 bridge.
6: Mm. So, I mean... I know like places like St. John's Cemetery has got a lot of people buried in it more than than the graves that you see. Buried bodies on top of bodies and that's just people, you know, who they kept records for. I'm sure they they just they they treated the the slaves as if they were just like livestock and didn't even bother to uh, to take, keep any records of, um, of when they passed away. Do you know how many people what? Right does,
7: just to give you like an estimate of how many people were buried there Richmond uh traded as many as 350,000 uh men and women mm. and the site was uh used uh from the mid 1700s probably till the end of the civil war and also everybody in town was hung and executed there so all that negative energy there uh Definitely uh, some activity there, and, and gives
6: off very eerie vibes. All right, so I'm going to play the video here. It's starting at 4:09. I'm just going to let it play through, okay? Okay. Oh. Oh.
7: Like
6: oh, you saw that? Yeah, I see. Yeah. Sorry.
3: There you are. There you are. Now I want
4: you to go over here and do the same thing. But come on,
6: get away from them.
0: Come
4: on. Corey's spawning. Are you a good? Are you a good one or a bad buddy? Come on, show us the light. Turn on if you're good. Make it blink twice if you're bad. Okay, that's good to know, man. <laughs> you too? Hey, can
0: you
4: cut that one back off? Awesome. Lexi, take that back. <laughs> okay. Okay.
3: So yeah, I just wanted to make a short video. You
7: know, we have.
0: Whoa,
6: me but yeah, definitely hard
7: to uh, alter, you know, a lamp like that, or make that go on and off.
6: That is pretty cool. After that, now I did notice that there was a lamp post that was kind of blocking one of the lights. Was that was that wasn't the one you were looking at, though? Uh,
7: which one are you talking
6: about? Uh, do 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 Go back. Hang on. Yeah, show green.
7: There's a lot of lights there, and recently they a lot of them went out, um, and I don't know what the city is gonna do about them because I know the lights were originally there for a parking lot VCU had built on top of the burial ground.
6: So, is this a lamp post right here? Yes. Okay. There it is. I see it. Okay, I saw it. I saw the, the light blink like right up here, real quick. okay okay so yeah i saw the definitely saw the light the light blinks there hey can you cut that one back
4: off you know
6: sexy has okay. that ever happened has that happened before
7: oh yeah so it happens all the time uh like, uh, during the tour, mm-hmm. when we had, like, that blood uh, full red moon and I had the extended tour, um, I was walking everybody because I'll walk them through the train station parking lot to get there. Uh, all the lights on the way there were flickering. Uh, this was one night where the energy was really, really powerful and it was freaking the tour out. Like, my, uh, I have a speaker or microphone if I have a large crowd and that died. And then the lights started flickering, both at the same time. And uh, we started walking closer and closer to the location. I'm telling people, take pictures, take pictures. And I had people capturing orbs just going by, you know, during the tour. I've caught thousands of orbs just on the ground in pictures. It's crazy.
6: That is awesome. Is there Are there particular nights, like um, times of year, that are more active? than others
7: so I would uh think this time of month uh because you know we have Richmond especially October 10th because that's when we had a you know a major rebellion took place in the year 1800 Richmond Gabriel uh a literate blacksmith uh slave was trying to start a rebellion and uh, you know, a summer thunderstorm wiped out you know communication. So the you know town folk captured his family and you know everybody associated with them and executed them. And they captured Gabriel as well and executed him on October tenth, eighteen hundred, mm-hmm. at the uh, burial ground.
6: Do you um, have your investigated out there on the tenth?
7: No, um, I'm considering uh, considering doing it because you know I had uh, equipment acting up that night, uh, hence why I was filmed on a phone camera, and then my spirit box broke too. So you know, because I wanted to do a spirit sex, uh, spirit box session there, mm-hmm. I just didn't really want to do audio recording because you know the, just the highway noise and it's hard right yeah, yeah it, it's a hard place to investigate but it, if you want to get spooked out and capture some pictures or you know
6: experience
7: something it, it's definitely there it's some strong energy there
6: yeah I know when we do our investigations at the cabin we were so close to 360 that uh it, it really uh messes with the EVPs um I can't imagine, you know, doing it so close to the highway and with all the cars going by, you know, that's, that's, uh, it's really got to hinder your your ability to even hear anything unless it's like right up on the recorder and it's completely really clear, you know? Yeah. So we are getting close to the end of the show and, uh, want to give you a chance to talk about where people can get in touch with you to to book your tours i know um you know Holiday's coming up and uh everyone's going to want to go out and go on you know check out the investigations and go on all the haunted tours and stuff does this does it pick up for you this time of year compared to the other ones
7: so I've been trying to get in the Halloween spirit because, you know, so far uh, I've been a little slow right now. I'm kind of surprised, but normally, yeah, like uh, I've gotten in groups of up to 35 people, you know, uh, before. So hopefully people get in the Halloween spooky spirit soon and come on my historic spooky adventure.
6: Yeah, I mean – this is a this is a time of year. Hopefully it'll pick up. Um, how do people how do people get in touch to uh try to book it?
7: Um, so you can uh just look up a Paranormal Visionary on uh Facebook or Instagram at uh Best is me there. Or you can go uh to US Ghost Adventures and uh book some tours in Richmond, uh too. But if you want me to personally tour you, I would go ahead and uh you know invest it to me cause i I get the best storage
6: well, of course you do. I mean, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> do you um do you have any do you have any investigations coming up as far as like uh with the team and everything so um
7: I'm thinking about investigating the home museum hopefully they'll let me They're, uh i'm emailing them. And uh, they said they have to get the advertisement to, uh, person to email me back. So uh-huh. they didn't say no, uh, because I captured a ghost picture, you know, right outside the museum. And uh, that place, uh, it's the oldest house in the city. It, it was The plaque says, it's kind of funny, it says probably built in 1737. So they don't even know the exact date, the house. Is built and it's definitely right by the you know paranormal hot spot that I like to call it Richmond and uh it's three different entities there are a lot of activity out I would love to investigate that place
6: I uh I tried to upload the slides that you the pictures you sent me but the um StreamYard doesn't only takes Google Slides and uh I didn't know that, so I was trying to upload them on the google slides while i while I was doing this, and I was like, I i't want to like uh you know try to pay attention to that, try to do that while paying attention to while paying attention to you at the same time, but uh let me try again one more time to see if see if I can get it get it to work upload files if, uh, you can get it to work they
7: can just uh pull up the pictures on. Paranormal Visionary, like I said, uh Facebook or Instagram. Or they can watch the video. You that you know, you showed a clip of. Uh because I think they're uh undeniable.
6: Okay, here's one. Let's see here. Invalid file invalid file type. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely uh look check out the video. Go check out go to Paranormal Visionary on YouTube and you'll find the video you check out the uh, evidence that Lexi has um I would love to i like thank you for coming on the show and uh talking with me tonight I really appreciate it and um I'd love to have you back on we'll talk some more in the future
7: I would love that thanks for having me
6: thank you so much I'll talk to you soon
7: all right have a good have night a great night bye
6: bye well that was fun. I enjoy I enjoyed, I always enjoy talking to Lexi. She's, she's a lot of fun to talk to. Um next week is our October birthday celebration. Um we got Holly Mullins coming on and uh Dana, Maria Bolmer, and Jerry Pritchard Reyes from Vibe Time with Jerry. Celebration. Looking forward to it. It's gonna be it looks a lot of fun. No no real direction to conversation, but it'll be it'll be a interesting conversation. And then of course C R will be will be joining us too. He'll he'll be the honorary October birthday style. And I think uh Rhonda will be joining us as well. So it will be fun and uh laid back, so you know, um yeah, so I don't even, don't even really know how to describe it because usually this ends up, I was talking about a whole bunch of different shit. Um, we'll talk about spiritual stuff. Of course, with Holly, will be you know, spiritual stuff. And we'll talk about meditation and how.